Welcome back to the next episode of the We Know Ball podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm here with uh, my two co-hosts, Aaron and Isaac. Say what's up, guys. How's it going? Um, today, we're just going to give – we don't have a guest today. We're just going to share our thoughts um, on the Suns-Pelicans game. Uh, the Suns ended up losing by 15 points tonight by the Pelicans, 117-102. to 102. Um, What are your guys' initial thoughts just going into it? Uh, I mean – there's not much to say really about the team as a whole. I mean, I'm looking here. They shot 30% from three. The really the real disparity uh, in this game, and I'm not going to touch on it too much, but it was definitely the free throws. Yeah, that was really because <laughs> if you just just looking at the box score, the Pelicans uh, and Suns only had a the Pelicans only made two more field goals than the Suns did. Mm-hmm. And the I real, think, yeah. I think that in the third quarter alone, they almost had as many. Um, in the third quarter, I think there was as many, um, free throw attempts in the third quarter than the Suns had like almost the whole game. Uh, the third quarter drag, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I was sitting in my seat every time I would hear a whistle. I just drop <laughs> my head into my hands, dude. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that it. It wasn't. It was not a fun thing to watch tonight. One thing I noticed in the first quarter uh, was Book kind of took a different approach to this game as he did the OKC game yesterday. He shot – he was looking for his shot way more. Yeah. And I definitely feel like – not to say his facilitation was, like, was not there because he definitely made some pretty good passes tonight, and I feel like – Overall, he did an okay job running the offense, but tonight it just – I mean, the Pelicans' defensive pressure was, like, just – they were just on us the entire yeah. game. And I'm especially, sure – Especially D-Book. They were, like, double teaming, triple teaming him every single time he brought Yeah, he was ball. getting doubled, like, every time down. Uh, one big thing that I noticed was in the also in, like, third and fourth quarter, we started blitzing uh, CJ McCollum, like, right when he got the ball. And then they would just start – they would move the ball really, really quickly and then get an easy bucket. Yeah, well, he couldn't even miss a shot at all. He was he yep. was on fire tonight. Yep. And also looking at the uh, the box score, they had, like – they beat us in rebounds by 16 and then offensive rebounds by nine. So that was a big, uh, big difference. Yeah, that was a huge factor. And that kind of <laughs> – that kind of segues into DeAndre Ayton. That's going to – be a lengthy discussion. So let's. I, I I would like to save the eight in discussion just for a little bit. Okay. okay. Uh, something else I noticed today was, and it's not even like the Suns' fault. It's not the players' fault or anything. It's just I'm sure uh, there's a lot of contributing factors, and this type of game is more what I expected, honestly, from the Suns starting out without Chris Paul and getting used to playing without him. I think we were lucky to play a team like OKC in our first game without Chris Paul because mm-hmm. they're not good. So it was easier for the Suns to adjust, but a team like the Pelicans who just traded for CJ and it could very well be a team that sneaks into the play-in, maybe even a playoff spot if they really yeah. heat up. Uh, I don't think this loss is anything to be worried or, or embarrassed or ashamed of. CJ was hitting crazy shots. Brandon Ingram, he played well. 
Valanciunas, I mean, he had like what, like 16 rebounds? Yeah, he had 18 points, 17 rebounds. There you go. Jesus. Yeah. He, also, uh, I'm looking here. Our bench scored 17 points in total, which yeah, is was, super unlike them. It was rough. I'm looking. Mikel had eight points. Tory Craig, again, only two points. And Cam missed, Johnson, missed two free throws. Three for yeah. time from three. Yeah, just a game where none of the Suns' usual contributors were really their usual selves. Yeah. One thing I want to say is Landry Shamit, he could have had – he could have made another, like, two or three threes. He had a lot of rim outs, a lot. He had, like, two or three that I saw that banked off the front rim and then off to the – like, or banked off the back, off the front, off the backboard. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was, like, two of them in the uh, fourth quarter alone once um, we took out our starters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something else, Cam Johnson, uh, like you said, three of 10 from three, 30%. That's not like him at all. Devin Booker, 10 of 24, nothing, not, not, it could be worse, but still not great. I mean, Mikel, three of seven, nobody, nobody on the team really shot well, except for, uh, Crowder and Aiton. And I suppose, uh, uh, Javel, but he was just one of two. Yeah, which is – that's weird to me, too. He did not get any looks today, really. He didn't play a ton tonight either. Yeah. I, okay, I want to start talking about DeAndre because <laughs> it's literally all I can think about. I – it really it really bothers me when I go on Twitter after a game like this and all I see is people scapegoating Aiden and saying, like, like he's the reason – we lost. I saw someone say that eight and not rebounding is the only reason we lost. Like, <laughs> well, I know, like, he didn't. 43% from the field and 30% from three. It... Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. and Aiden, gosh, it's he's such a complicated player to talk about because, I mean, just looking at the stats, he had 20 points, three blocks five rebounds, which isn't a lot for a center, but I mean, he shot nine of 12. He was probably arguably our best player on the floor tonight. Yeah. What I noticed with him in the first half is he was setting some hard screens. Um, It seemed like everyone on the, on the Pelicans was too, they, they played a pretty big lineup to start, but they were too weak to get past him. Like all his screens he set, um, they could not get through him at all. Yep. Uh, Jay Crowder, he did his usual thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jay Crowder, he's Jay Crowder. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's not really much you ask from him except play good defense and grab <laughs> some boards and hit your shots. And yeah. he did all that tonight. So no gripes with Jay Crowder. I don't necessarily have a gripe with anybody on the team necessarily except Shamit because Alfred Payton airballing. Yeah. Dude, Alfred. <laughs> I open three. Yeah, had a couple of really bad plays tonight. I really yeah, don't see. He had a bad turnover, too. Yeah. I don't see what Monty sees in him. I don't know why he keeps getting It might minutes. be a locker room thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just for, like, the chemistry. And I understand. I, we did just trade for Holiday, who quickly 
Oh, good question for you guys. Speaking of holiday, does Aaron Holiday change this game? No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he I changes it so much. I mean, unless he has he. I saw a stat earlier on Twitter. He since he's joined the Suns, he's shooting like seventy six percent or something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, Alfred Payton in his minutes was a minus eight. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that maybe Aaron Holiday could have it could have spiraled into like us. I don't want to say hitting more shots, but like having more confidence. Yeah, just like a momentum shift. Um, if he does go out there and hit his shots, but I don't think he's a complete game changer in this, especially just because CJ McCollum just went off. Yep. He's been going off. He's He's been going pretty crazy ever since he got traded to New Orleans. Jackson Hayes also had a pretty good game. Like Jackson, yeah, Jackson Hayes was blocking shots left and right. Yeah, he had – well, he only had two blocks, but he seemed way more impactful you, than that. You could feel his presence throughout yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, I noticed very early on he – I think he – not all of them counted for blocks, obviously, but I think he swatted like three shots in the first quarter. So he definitely made his presence known very early on. And I think that was a contributing factor is the fact that New Orleans was very clearly ready to play this game and the Suns very clearly were not. Yeah. Uh, and Jackson Hayes setting that tone early really kind of – it kind of makes you a little nervous when uh, a player like Jackson Hayes is able to set the tone against the Suns. Yeah. So that that's usually a sign of things to come when something like that happens. Do you guys think the back-to-back has anything to do with it? I think the back-to-back definitely has something to do with it. I think it's yeah. a combination of uh, coming off of a, a long break, uh, traveling from wherever they were over All-Star break to – uh, Oklahoma City and then also traveling from OKC to uh, Phoenix all in like three days yeah. uh, the adjustment period of no Chris Paul I mean this I mean they're the Pelicans are a lot better than their record shows they have a lot of yeah. really solid players on their roster yeah, my thing about the back-to-back you could see it on the defensive end more than anything there's just a lot of open shots they had a lot ton of layups uh They're looking a little lazy out there, but it's the back-to-back. I think what's also surprising is Herb Jones. He didn't hit any, like, shots today. He had two free throws. Um, And that's someone who's been lighting it up this year. So that's kind of surprising that if he did start hitting his shots, if he wasn't so inefficient tonight, we probably would have lost by a lot more. His defense is amazing, though. He had three scores and a block. He was just disrupting every pass. He felt like he was everywhere. Yeah, he really filled the stat sheet tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. You guys want to talk about the refs? Um, <laughs> because we can. There's not much to say other than, I mean, I went to the Rockets game before uh, All-Star break, and now I, I went to this one. And it, both of those games are games where it was – kind of ridiculous dude i mean the rocket that rockets game there was what like like 40 something free throws in the Mm -hmm. first half and then this one the pelicans shoot i think it was 39 free throws 41 oh sorry 41 free throws yeah almost double what the sun shot or like 
one and a half times what the Suns shot. So, yeah. I mean, that's the difference in the score there. It's literally a, about a 15 point difference in the free throws. Yeah. So, and, I think, uh, and what's weird to me is they're at the footprint center, which you would think home teams get a little bit more of an advantage in that sense. Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like a lot of the times this year, the Suns have, I don't want to use the ref excuse, but we're winning games anyway, but there's been a lot of questionable calls against us this year. Uh, for me, it's especially uh, DeAndre Aiden. Like, it feels like they don't oh let him play too aggressive. Like, whenever he puts gets any like gets puts his body into it, or gets physical at all, they always call fouls. I noticed that I saw a clip on Twitter the other day of of a Jared Allen block, and Jared Allen is a great defender, obviously, but I really think that his reputation as a defender kind of gives him some leeway when it comes to uh the whistle he gets because mm-hmm. in this clip he it's an amazing block but the entire time he's defending this guy he has his hand on his hip and Aiden gets called for that yeah every time he does it even less than that yeah like so Aiden is really frustrating to me for a lot of reasons for a ref for the ref reason for the and tonight I mean he scored, what was it, like 21 points tonight, 20 points? 20 for Aiden, yeah. And it's it's just – I hate it when I see all these people talking shit about him because I saw someone on Twitter tonight say he would prefer if Aiden only rebounded and defended and didn't score. <laughs> and I'm like, are you really – like, are you really telling me if Aiden went out and got 10 boards and missed every shot he took – that you'd be okay with his performance. Yeah. Like, are we really going to sit here and pretend like Aiden shooting like O of eight from the field is something we'd be fine with? Yeah, no, not at all. I think he was hitting a ton of those mid-range, like turnaround mid-range shots, like little hook shots. Yeah. Especially late in the game too, which kept us in it for the most part. Yeah. He's like, his offensive impact is way bigger than people give him credit for. Especially when he's running with the bench unit, because they're basically yeah. playing through him every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just this is a really hard game to talk about just because nobody really played amazing. And it's a pretty like, simple game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and to go back to kind of the free throws, you can, you can say uh, – like free throws is kind of a weak excuse most of the time. I feel like I don't like to use the ref free throw excuse a lot. Yeah. But in a game where the Suns actually shot better from the field than the Pelicans did, except and from free throw, but like they shot slightly better from the field goal and shot like 3% better from three, made four more threes. The, I mean, when the shot making is that close between the two teams, then the free throws is just the only difference. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we never fouled them because that's just unrealistic. But I do think that, unfortunately, that probably was the biggest factor tonight other than the Suns just kind of falling asleep on defense a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they literally had 17 more free throws than us and that. 
even if we if we make 15 of those 17 we're tied so and i saw a few clips on twitter um that cj mccollum um blocking foul on cam johnson um it was like freeze framed and it's so noticeable that cj mccollum pushed him off um yes and there was also another screenshot of um devin booker was driving and they just completely grabbed him and held him down and there was no call on that it's just those blatant obvious calls are just i don't know how you miss those yeah i will say i do think devin booker gets one of the weaker whistles i'll say in the league oh yeah definitely for a player of his caliber and it's been that way for a while like i said i don't like making ref excuses because i don't really i mean but refs are gonna refs are gonna ref dude there's nothing you can really do about it yeah but it, it it does matter at the end of the day especially in games like this and especially in a game where i mean you have a you have a sequence where booker drives and feels like there he got fouled and doesn't get the call where He's already frustrated with the ref in that moment. And then you come down and that CJ block charge play is literally, it's immediately after that. Right. And so of course Booker's already upset and then that happens and he turns and says a word to the ref and the ref immediately gives him a technical foul. He gets teed up like very, very fast. That's one thing I've noticed. Uh, Yes. Teams are very, very quick or not teams. The refs are very quick to tee up Booker. I feel like. Yep. I mean, you person, see, what's that? I said it. I was. You go first, and then I'll. I'll. I'll tell you what I was gonna say. All right. Uh, I saw uh, during the game, someone on Twitter showed me or posted a picture of of Steph Curry like in the ref's face, and I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to think like what would they do to Devin Booker if he ever got in a ref's face like that? <laughs> uh, would he be allowed to play basketball again? like bounce the ball too hard at the ref oh literally oh my god i forgot about that yeah it's like i can't imagine getting into the ref's face yeah if he... with, with chris paul too or is that who you were talking about where he like bounced the ball wrong at the ref and like, he... was it, like the lakers game last year that was that oh, game okay. where dario uh carried us to victory yeah. <laughs> booker had like i think booker had like 30 or something like third quarter and then he got kicked out do you guys think dario and or kaminsky is going to fit back into the lineup when hell no no you don't think so i think no, i don't think possibly for like a little bit but definitely not frank i would think the opposite actually i think dario has less of a place on this roster than frank does at this point i mean dario does not serve any purpose for this team right now other than filling a roster spot because this team now runs very very tall centers we have two seven footers now well i mean eight and six eleven but same idea yeah yeah dario is what six eight six nine he's a very short five he's coming off an acl tear we have no idea who he's going to be he's not going to see playoff minutes even if he's healthy well, you don't uh, even think he can play. Well, I guess Cam Johnson is not going to be starting, so never mind. Yeah, I don't know that oh. Dario getting minutes in the playoffs, even if he's healthy, just being out as long as he has been and playing this entire – like the Suns going the entire season without him. 
unless injuries happen, I don't see Dario getting playoff minutes necessarily, unless it's like a yeah. blowout or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do like his playmaking uh, that he was doing last year. Yeah. At, at uh, the yeah I agree. He doesn't bring too much uh, value to us. Yeah, he was great last season. Uh, but we also didn't and, have McGee. Yeah, we didn't have Javel, but and he, like he's great in that like kind of stretch five role where he kind of facilitated from the free throw line a lot or from the top of the key. Yeah, but and the reason we signed Javel is because Dario uh, against pretty much any center is a defensive liability. He's he oh, doesn't yeah. have great lateral quickness. He's not known as a very like. He's an average defender. Yeah, yeah. in the first series last year, he was getting uh, bodied by like Demarcus Cousins. Exactly. But don't you think in a game like this, where we're shooting so bad from three, that he could make some type of contribution to that? Like, take away some of McGee's minutes where he took he made one shot and he took two. Um, I would much rather have taken the scoring at that point than Javale's defense. Yeah. Well. I- Oh, Javel's defense is another thing because Javel is an awful defender. <laughs> he gets those flashy blocks and stuff, but in reality, he's a very, very bad defender. Yeah. Yeah, he lets he, a lot of blow-bys pass. Yes, he refuses to step up on three-point shooters because he knows when he does, he, they're just going to blow right past him, and usually they do anyway. And then they just, yeah, shoot it right there. That's going to hurt when we're playing any type of team that has, can, has a shooting big man. Which yeah, is why, why I, at that point, Dario's just going to – I'd much rather take his, his spacing ability than yeah, but, but yeah, like it's just – the only – it's just Dario's issue is that – I mean, it's just his size, man. I don't, I don't see – because you say, like, you'd rather take his offensive production, but in a playoff series where you're going to uh, – most teams have – two like competent seven footers i don't know if i'm going to call javel mcgee a competent seven footer necessarily yeah but he, yes, yeah he gives you the size though but dario is a really interesting topic i i think i don't dario know would work in a situation where deandre aiden's having a bad game so you kind of suck some of him his minutes into mcgee and then give some to to Sarge, because I wouldn't mind running. Well, that's that would be huge defensive liability too. So never mind. Yeah, I don't well, like, know. But I there I was just, one. I think there was one point. Bit. There was one point tonight where Monty threw in a uh, small ball lineup. It was like book and four wings with Wainwright playing yeah. the the five. That's definitely a lineup where I can see Dario fitting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he's more of a traditional. Five, he's just shorter more than Wainwright. Yeah. Um, but probably I just don't because Wainwright he can hit a shot tonight, but there's there's so, so many times he's had chances to hit open shots this season when he gets minutes and yeah. Do not he's just more of like an energy guy, I guess. He's a good defender. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna I mean that. When Craig went down, that scared the shit out of me. But yeah, it was it looked really, really bad. Wainwright to me, I mean, he's on that two-way contract. I don't know if 
I doubt we have to pick that up for the playoffs, right? Well, yeah, we have to cut somebody and sign him to a full contract, which I don't know. I mean, the only cut is Alfred Payton. Yeah. Because we, we're not going to cut. I'd rather have Ish Wainwright than Alfred Payton at this point. That's yeah. very, very true. That's a, that's a good point. Even if even if he doesn't play, just fucking keep, keep the energy up. Because yeah. you'll see, like, when you're watching on TV, they pan the bench. There's so many times Alfred Payton is just sitting there, like, not doing anything on the bench. Like, he just has, like, a blank face on, like, yeah. at least Ish, Ish brings that energy just cheering on the bench. You can see it. Like Javon Carter last year. Yeah, I saw a perfect analogy, or not an analogy, uh, but a description of Alfred Payne uh, was from Sam Cooper uh, from the Timeline podcast. He said, uh, he said, Elf, maybe it wasn't him, but as far as I can remember, it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but he said, Alfred Payton, when he plays, looks more like he's fighting against the Suns offensive system more than he is playing into it. And I couldn't agree more. I never thought of that. <laughs> That's actually so true. Like, it seems like whenever Alfred Payton is holding the ball, it seems like he's doing everything he possibly can to not run the offense. You know, he reminds me a lot of, of um, Cameron Payne, like early on last season but just a lot less productive with it. And that's not saying much, but less productive because there was so a lot last year, especially when, um, when Cameron Payne wasn't getting that many minutes, like at the beginning of the season, um, anytime he got in the game, it was just, it was like he was playing by himself. And I see that a lot with Alfred Payton. He'll like, just hold on to the ball and try to get his floater up. Um, and it just, it doesn't work half the time. Yeah. And the same thing goes, I shit my pants when I saw that Landry Shamit was going to be running point. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I saw that lineup go in and I'm, I'm like looking around, I'm like looking at who the point guard is and I'm like, wait a second. There's, a center and three wings and sham it like wait a second bro are we really gonna do this right now like and of course it went off like literally nothing happened it was just tragic. It's times like this where i actually kind of i miss cameron Payne a lot right now definitely i miss cameron Payne in general man like i just want someone who fucking knows what they're doing to hold the ball for once mm-hmm do we think Cameron Payne is starting when he returns? Yeah, I think so. You think it'd oh, be yeah. Uh, yeah, just to get him warmed up for the playoffs? Yeah. I, I, would... I think like down the stretch, he for sure will be starting. You think oh. uh, campaign and then uh, holiday? Yeah. Yeah. What what is what is his injury right now? Is it his wrist or is it? It's his wrist. Yeah. Because I I know right before he went out with the wrist, I think he had like an ankle ankle injury or something like that yeah he's missed a lot of time i i hope he's ready for the playoffs because he he is a big contributor bigger than i think a lot of casuals see him as like although i'm gonna tell you everything the huge bonus of aaron holiday 
emerging as he has, as long as he stays like this, or at least somewhat like this, is that if Cameron Payne is struggling, we have Holiday to throw in there. Or if Holiday is struggling, we have Cam Payne. And I'm sure a lot of, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them playing with each other with the bench yeah. a lot of yep. times while uh, Chris Paul's out, just while Booker's resting, you know? I think that'll be really interesting. There's a lot of interesting lineups, I think, that the Suns can throw out there once they get a little more healthy. It's definitely the stuff we could test out before the playoffs just to see what, what works well together. Was that small ball lineup they ran at the end of the game with Wainwright at the five, was that the same one they used um, against – who did they play? When when Wainwright had his career high and, and they, like, took over the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, I know what game you're talking about. I'll, try, I'll find it. I forgot who they played that game. It might have been – it was a few games before the All-Star break. It wasn't too far. I remember, I remember exactly what game you're talking was about. Was it the Magic? It, it, uh, it was the Spurs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he went full P.J. Tucker that game. <laughs> <laughs> He's shown his flashes. To he Ish Wainwright. <laughs> Ish Wainwright is so interesting to me because he has no business being on an NBA roster. Yeah. He's a no, football I player. I think it's purely energy. Yeah, just have have another big body, I guess. Because when we dude, when we signed him, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And yeah, I saw it on Twitter. I was like, he's when like, I when I saw it because I got like a notification on my phone about it. Um, and I just saw the ish part. I thought it was Ish Smith at first. And I was yeah. like, oh, we don't really need another guard right now. But and I saw everybody posting on Twitter, like he was like a he was in the training camp or something for like the Buffalo Bills. I was like, what? Yeah, I don't I don't even know where this dude came from. And I honestly I didn't Tyler. like him. I didn't like him for a very long time. I was not a fan. I love our new apartment. Great kitchen. So, you know, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought. It was uh, Ish Wainwright. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's never really bothered me too much just because he's never he's never came in and had to do anything yeah. important. Just strictly energy. Yeah, he's never been, like, polarizing. He's never been like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the worst thing. You have to get out of the game right <laughs> Not now. <Alfred> like, Payton. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe when we signed Alfred Payton, I told, I said, I tweeted, I was like, Alfred Payton was the starting point guard on a playoff team, and he's going to be our third stringer. How bad can it possibly be? <laughs> Boy, was I in for a rude awakening. Well, even even at the, the beginning of the season when he got minutes, he, he was putting up decent numbers. Like, he has his moments, that's yeah. for sure. I'm not going to act like he's – like, I mean, he he's still an NBA player. He needs to fix his shot. I, I think, don't think that's going to happen. I, on the on the Suns broadcasting team, they were talking about him saying that he's in the gym like six days a week, like working on stuff. And I'm just like, it's not showing because. Yeah, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah. Overall, it's, it's an upsetting loss because. Not much to say about it. Yeah, we we should be beating a team like this. Even even with CJ McCollum coming in, they have a decent team. But I I still think that 
I mean, yeah, we should probably beat these teams, but it's like it's like I said before. I mean, just looking at their roster, this is not a bad roster by any means. Brandon no. Ingram is great. Valanciunas is a very solid center. I'm sure a lot of sense fans would probably like him over Aiton at some times. Uh, McCollum is obviously, I mean, we saw 32 points. He's he's a great scorer. They have a lot of solid bench players. Tony Snell is someone who can fill up the stat sheet sometimes. You know who I kind of forgot uh, played in this game was Devontae Graham. Yeah. He was, like, non-existent till the fourth quarter, and he, he hit a three in the fourth quarter, but I saw him shoot that three, and I was like, <laughs> I completely forgot that Devontae Graham was even on this team. Yeah, like he's his volume, everything he like his load, everything's been gone way down since he got here to New Orleans. Do you guys think that Phoenix kind of slows or takes it easier? I don't want to say takes it easier because, of course, they're trying to win every game, but especially teams who we should be beating. Like at the beginning of the season, we lost to Portland, Sacramento. Um, We've lost to Atlanta, which they have not had a good season at all. And uh, now New Orleans. My thing is that I think we have one of these games like, you know, once every couple months or maybe like, you know, twice. I don't think it's a big deal, really. I don't think we play down to them or like take it easy. I think it's just one of those things like where the other team just playing much better, you know? Yeah, I'm not going to. It just seems like, like the other team's playing harder majority of the time when we're playing someone yeah. we should beat. Like the Suns think... playing hard. I understand that perception completely. I think a I think a big factor of that is that the Suns they don't play like they're they're a very slow team actually. Their their pace is one of the lowest in the league. But the other thing with the Suns is that they play very calmly. They're not very erratic. They don't mm-hmm. make rash decisions very often and that can often make for a team that kind of looks like they're going through the motions or sleepwalking a little bit. But in reality, it's just them playing their usual brand of basketball. And tonight, the shots just weren't falling. Usually the shots fall. And that's when you see those great Phoenix Suns runs that they go on in the fourth quarter where Mm -hmm. their play style doesn't change. They just wear down the defense by just – playing calm and controlled and collected and making the right plays. But on a night like tonight where the shots aren't falling, I completely understand how it could look like they just weren't trying out there. Yeah. Are there any upcoming games you guys are excited for? I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to Sunday's game. Against Utah. Yes. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that one. Is Donovan Mitchell back yet? Yeah, he's oh yeah, he went off tonight. He had set he hit seven threes tonight. We have a few fun Sunday games coming up. Bucks Bucks game is gonna be really fun, and then obviously the biggest game I'm looking forward to is the Miami game. Yeah, I want to see them re- redeem themselves for that last game. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think I don't think Miami's gonna shoot as well as they did last time. No, I, I, I mean, if they shoot 50% from three again, I'll, I'll, I'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should – let's spend some time uh, just kind of previewing this Jazz game a little bit. 
a huge point of emphasis in this game is going to be how well Devin Booker plays because is Mike Conley healthy? I think um, so. Let's see. I feel like I haven't really heard anything about yeah, him this he's, season. He's he's playing. They have Rudy Gay and Jared Butler out right now. So yeah, so this this game is going to be very important because one, I mean, Devin Booker is going to be guarding Mike Conley, which is which might be a bit of a test for Booker uh, defensively, and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I don't have like his game log in front of me or anything, but tonight I know he was crazy. He went off tonight. Yeah, yeah he's, gonna he's always going to get his. So it's just going to be more of a load for Devin Booker uh, having to play point guard. And I think he has to do what he did last game, where last game where he was at, especially the first quarter. He was trying to find shots for other people instead of yeah. take over that first quarter like he usually does when Chris Paul's there. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this game, uh, honestly, DeAndre Ayton is probably the X factor in this game. Yeah. Because yeah. the Jazz, I don't think, I mean, in, Joe Ingles is gone and Bogdanovich is not necessarily a, like a great defender. So the Jazz don't really have any wings that I think can hold Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson. So I'm not worried about what Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson do. I am worried about what Aiton does and how he handles uh, Gobert offensively uh, in that game because Gobert obviously is arguably the best defender in the league. I mm. don't think he is, but there are people that think that he is. Yeah. And I think if Aiton is able to have – he doesn't even need to have necessarily a 2010 game or anything crazy. Um, I think if he just is efficient and gives us a good like 16 and eight and everyone else just does what they're supposed to, I think the Suns are going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just looking here. Mike Conley's shooting 41% from three on almost two and a half att- or oops, sorry, on five, almost six attempts a, a game. So he's shooting really well this year. Yeah, the Jazz are – I haven't watched too many Jazz games this year. I'm assuming they still kind of go by the same system of just live and die by the three. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I haven't really watched much of them. Uh, yeah, me neither. He's been doing pretty good. It's uh, not, not something to worry about. Oh, I forgot Eric Pascal went here. He, he got he – oh, yeah, he kind of – He hasn't done much. <laughs> yeah, you don't really hear about him ever since he left Golden State. Shocker. Yeah. Averaging six points a game. So I'm actually curious. Who's – uh, how's their Jazz roster changed? I know they made some trades at the deadline. Is Clarkson having a good year? No, he's having a down – he'll – he's shoot, or scoring about 15 points a game on – 40% from the field and 32 from, from the, three. the Suns-Jazz game earlier, though, he he had, like, a really good stretch one of the games. Yeah, but that always happens to the Suns. Someone who's yeah. who shits the bed is going to – who you're not expecting to go out, they're going to end up scoring 20, 25-plus. 
Okay. I'm going to I'm going to list you guys some uh some jazz players and I want you guys to tell me which one of them is most likely to go off for 20 plus against the Suns for absolutely no reason. <laughs> okay. I'll give you I'll give you a few names. We'll start with uh Rudy Gay. He's out. I'm pretty oh, sure. Is he out? Yeah. Never mind. Eric Pascal, no. Daniel House, Royce O'Neal, or Nikhil Alexander Walker. I'm gonna say Royce O'Neal. Um, how many minutes does Nikhil Alexander Walker get? I don't think he gets any, to be honest. I'd be shocked. Okay. So yeah, he's played two games this season, so. Yeah, so I, take him out. Like a, he'd be like a prime answer if he was actually getting minutes, because you know he's. Yeah. He's but yeah, I'm gonna say Royce O'Neal. Yeah, probably Royce. He probably gets the most minutes out of those players, actually. Yeah, yeah he he gets almost thirty-two a game. And we love to leave shooters wide open. So I, I wouldn't be surprised Daniel House just having a crazy game, just because he he just got there at the trade deadline, right? Didn't they just trade for him? Yeah, he's new. Yeah, so he's probably still warming up. So I can see that he can shoot the ball. Um, but I don't know. None of those players really. But I'm gonna get shocked. Watch, we're gonna go Sunday, and two of them are gonna end up fucking scoring twenty plus. Yeah, we're gonna go and Juancho Hernan Gomez is gonna <laughs> yeah. drop forty five. <laughs> uh, do we have any predictions you want to make? We haven't really done predictions before. Um. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Before Before that, did you guys see RJ Barrett tonight? He had like yeah, forty six, right? He almost dropped fifty. I heard he was crazy. Who did they? They ended up winning, right? Wait, did it? Oh, oh they my lost to Miami. The what am I looking at here? Oh my gosh, are you guys seeing this clip from the Lakers game? Yeah, Lakers lost. Dude, what is Carmelo Anthony doing? No, uh, let me see if I can find it. I'll send it to our. This is crazy, you guys. I'm not even going to describe this. You guys have to see this, listeners. <laughs> you will definitely see this. Because this is wild. I cannot believe what I'm watching. Lakers, Lakers, Nation is going to be tonight. Wow. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> – Why did he take that? Dude. <laughs> With so much time on the – that's so J.R. Smith-esque. Bro, I thought he was in MSG again, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. Lakers uh, – definitely going to be keeping an eye on Lakers Twitter tonight. Yeah. Oh, Good yeah. lord! Uh, but well, you can just tell LeBron was pissed. Well, you were saying <laughs> for, the, uh, for the prediction, um, I do think it'll be closer than the other two games we played against him this year. So just you know, since Chris Paul is out, but I do think we'll win. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a blowout. I think that. With with us losing to the Pelicans today, I think there's going to be a chip on on everyone's shoulder, honestly, because nobody played good. Um, I say we win by like fifteen to twenty. I'm looking at these first two games against the Jazz. The first game we only, I mean, first game we beat them by six, and the second game we beat them by eight. So. Uh, definitely would not be surprised at a close game. I do think the Suns win it. It's an early game. It starts at one thirty. I do think the Suns win it. 
um, probably by about the same margin of the five to eight points. I think Booker goes for 30 plus again. Also, with the first two games we played, DeAndre Ayton wasn't playing either. So I think he, he just, could be an X factor in tomorrow, as in like when Ayton for Chris maybe. Paul. Yeah. Which, I think Bill and Booker will both go off. I think they'll have their duel that they usually have. But I think, yeah, I think we'll win this game. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add about this game before we wrap it up here? No, I think we said all we need to say about it, honestly. Yeah. It's just an upsetting loss. That's it. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns did end up losing today, as you know, dropping to a abysmal 49 and 11 <laughs> on the season. Oh, uh, clearly, our season is over. We need to start planning for our, our lottery pick. Um, I Fire don't know money. how the team's going to recover from this. This one's on Monty. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we've said our piece. Uh, hopefully the Suns can take care of the Jazz on Sunday, and uh, we'll see you guys all in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Yeah.